attention please. It will soon come to your knowledge that our record quality was not ideal. The sound quality could have been better. But really though. Listen, do you love the gnats or not? Well, well, hello folks and welcome to We the Peeps. This is of course the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know everything about the U.S. men's and women's national team. I'm Clayton and I'm a rapper. I'm Kwame. I am a doctor, supposedly. Apparently, and we love the gnats. That's for sure. Yes, we do. It's We the People. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Folks, welcome back once again to our illustrious mini-series, uh, which we've been doing on this stream called She the Peeps. Uh, you know it, you love it. We're back again to talk about the good gnats. Um, we've got three friendlies to discuss, which is Great news, uh, because we like to see this team play as much as possible. Uh, we also have a roster, of course, which, uh, of course, which is indeed the one and only World Cup roster, uh, which was also the roster that we went with uh, for these friendlies. So we're going to talk about those things. We've got the World Cup, the damn cup, coming up in just uh, days, potentially, depending on when you're catching this. Uh, if right away, if you were waiting on this, perhaps a, a week and a half or two weeks away, but it's uh, it's right upon us. The time hath cometh. Kwame, are you ready to do this thing? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's fucking get it. Before I begin, gotta say, uh, if you'd like to reach out to us and get to know us a little better, um, I today am with the illustrious Kwame the Kwamdas. Uh, he's been kind enough uh, to grace us with his thoughts, and personality for the She the Peeps miniseries, though generally I am uh, ho- co-hosted alongside, I'm uh, not not that I'm hosted, but the show is hosted with me by this dude named Ty who happens to be my, be my brother and a web designer. And if you'd like to reach out to any of us, uh, just hit up at WTP Pod on Twitter. That's at Wilbur Tango Pizza Pod. Uh, that's the one. And as always, uh, hit that subscribe button if this is your first time with us. Uh, Stay with us for a while. It's going to be an incredible summer. We got U-20s. We got Gold Cup. We got the World Cup. We got the damn cup. Um, So don't don't go anywhere and hit that subscribe. And if you like it, why not express that with a little review for us on your podcatcher, as it were. Uh, That actually helps us. You might not think it does. It just takes a second, but it makes a difference for us. So please, please do that if you feel so inclined. Folks, uh, this was fun. This was a fun set of friendlies. Uh, I have been sort of getting to know this team. I've been a casual, uh, you know, adjacent to the women's national team fan uh, for the duration of my American life. And now I'm diving in deep and trying to really learn what is up with this team. And these three friendlies gave me a decent chance to do that. Uh, We started out against South Africa, of course, uh, we won. Um, spoiler alert, we won all these games by large margins and no one scored on us. So that was good. Um, but it didn't always feel that way. A lot of these uh, these games, first against South Africa, then against New Zealand, and then of course against our 
our rivals uh, in, in the game in general, Mexico. Um, we had kind of slow starts and managed to pull these games out with goals late in all three. Um, and we'll dive into much uh, further detail about those. But first, I got to know, Kwame, we, we got a roster. It's a big deal. It's the roster. There is no roster bigger than the World Cup roster, and it, and it doth droppeth a little bit early, a coaching tactic, not right on the deadline. Um, Kwame, what were your kind of first reactions to, this, to the roster as it came in, and, and uh, what stood out to you? Yeah, so the roster was uh, announced before these friendlies. Um, so, you know, this, this camp and, and preparation was the team that's going to go to the World Cup. And uh, I think most people who have been following the team... Um, of the 23 roster spots, 20 were pretty set in stone. Um, but there were three that were kind of up in the air. And of those three, two were really big surprises about who was included and who was left out. Um, so the last-minute inclusions of three players, Ali Krieger, who's a right-back, um, Ali Long, um, who's a defensive midfielder, and Morgan Bryan, who's a central midfielder, can play defensive, can play a number eight. All of them were pretty much in the in the national team wilderness uh, for the last two years. They've all been fixtures on the team in the past, um, have gone to World Cups, have played a prominent role. But really for the last two years, they they hadn't either hadn't been called in at all in the case of Ali Krieger or with Ali Long had been called in but really hadn't gotten any playing time. And... For this roster, they were included, and people, two people in particular, uh, Casey Short, who is a left back but it can also play right back, um, and then uh, McCall Zerboni, who is a central defensive midfielder, were left off of the team after being essentially included in just about every roster when they were healthy for the past two years. Brutal. That has got to hurt. But hey, for if you're Ali Krieger, it's uh, it's it's quite an achievement, really. Amazing stuff. She made it. She made it back. Yeah, I think it must feel fabulous for Krieger and Morgan Bryan and for Ali Long, all of whom I think have, for the past several months and maybe several years have really worried about whether or not they were going to make this team. This we've talked a lot about the incredible depth of this team. It's not an easy team to make, and they were definitely on the outside looking in. Uh, on the flip side, it's got to be heartbreaking for Casey Short and McCall Zerboni, who had been included but really hadn't seen much playing time on the field and I think must feel as if they didn't really have a chance to show what they could do on the field or if they... But even if that's true, it must also feel hurt by losing out to players who really hadn't even been called in for the squad. And when Jill Ellis has been asked about it, Coach Ellis, her answer was basically she was prioritizing experience, saying that the World Cup is unexpected and she wants players who have been there and done that. And that you can certainly say that about the players that were at the last minute inclusions. Uh, Ali Krieger, Morgan Bryan, Ali Long, they've been there, they've done that. Makar Zerboni and Casey Short have not. Um, but 
I think particularly the case of McCall Jaboni is really um, is the one that I question more than anything else mm. because she really has been playing very, very well for years. Like she was uh, the past two years in the NWSL. She was in the, you know, the starting 11 um, of the season, you know, um, two years running. Uh, she and really is the most natural replacement for Julie Ertz, who's our defensive midfielder, and is maybe the position uh, where we have the least amount of options and cover. You could make an argument around fullback. But McCall Zerboni is the natural replacement for Julie Ertz. Ali Long and Morgan Bryan can play that position. Um, Ali Long, I don't think, is the strongest defensive midfielder. I don't think she has necessarily the speed to get around. Um, and Morgan Bryan is very talented, but she has not played well for a couple of years. She's really, um, she's battled a lot of injuries. She hasn't been in form in Chicago. When she went overseas um, to get more playing time, she really struggled to make the the lineup. So if you're going on form, which um, often is emphasized going into a World Cup, you can't really say that Morgan Bryan has really been in form. Um, and, and then you could question, I think, a little bit around um, Ali Long's versatility. And Ali Krieger, she's certainly a very good right back. But then the question is, why wait to bring her in? Why, why wait Until, for two like, years to bring... Yeah, the absolute to bring, to bring last second possible right. she's brought in. It was cool. I mean, it was cool to see her. Clearly, Kelly O'Hara, uh, just as I... Just becoming familiar with these, this was my first Kelly O'Hara experience, this mm-hmm. uh, friendly camp. And she is rad. She is a... Uh, lightning bolt out there. She's got this intensity and this competitiveness um, that is is invaluable. So you gotta hope that it doesn't matter who's behind her, that she stays healthy and plays. And I know that everyone feels that way, and and now I do too, having been exposed to it myself. Um, but you know, as a coach, I I I feel for Jill Ellis here as well. There's there's so much unknown about these tournaments and about these players. And maybe there are things that we're not seeing perhaps with like Zerboni mm-hmm. um, on the training ground that, that, that resulted in her maybe not getting as much playing time. You know, there's always things we don't know. Um, and maybe it's an obvious choice for her. Maybe it's an easy choice. One that helps Jill Ellis sleep well at night. Um, is there any response from the other players perhaps about this or are people mostly quiet? No, I think, you know, this is definitely... This is definitely a team that doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't go to like the press and, and talk about things. And it's also a very tight team, you know, and even if they do have feelings about it, and I'm sure I'm sure they have their thoughts and opinions, you know, they're they're in practice and, uh, you know, they know everyone else's strengths and weaknesses. Um, I also will say that, you know, none of them would say, oh, this player shouldn't have made it on the team because that's just going to blow up your team chemistry right before right before a world cup so yeah, even you know, if all of them are experienced yeah and they all you know they all know you know they all know that the score um uh they've all been working their butts off to make this team and and i think they trust their coach you know who has you know led them to a world cup before i i think that it is always important to remember how much more 
these coaches and players know that uh, how much more they know than us and also that they're seeing these practices day in and day out that said going on what we've seen um not just with the national team but with their club teams i mean one thing about the nwsl is that it's really invaluable looking at this team because these players are are playing against each other, you know, uh, all you know, all the time. You can see week in and week out, Morgan Bryan versus McCall Zerboni versus Ali Long versus you know um, all these all these other players. And so sounds like a Mad Max Royal Rumble when you describe it like that. <laughs> it, it is it is in a way, yeah. But um, you know, I certainly hope for the for the best for this team. I think. You know, Zerboni, I think also I feel bad for, um, you know, when she was introduced to this team, she was on her, a rise and then in a freak sort of uh, tackle where she fell awkwardly, she fractured her elbow like a year and a half ago and sort of had to work her way back from that. And it seemed like she made her way all the way back and was playing really well. Uh, and, you know, she's also, I think she's like 30 or something like that. So, hey. So this is not like a player who's... She you may know, not get that you just get, chance. Right, she might yeah. not get another another chance. Well, it's rough, but it's the sport. It's how it goes. Um, you know, Crystal Dunn didn't make it to one and uh, kind of made her way back. Isn't that right? Yeah, Crystal Dunn, I think, was the last person cut um, at the last for the last World Cup. Um, and, you know, she certainly turned herself into a fixture for this team. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to... I don't wanna, take too negative attack. Um, I think this is this is really the kind of the only conversation to be had about about the roster. The rest is really set and and really deep and perhaps um, and perhaps we'll talk more about uh, why why this raises certain concerns and, and certain question marks. But I think yes. Yeah, I think this is a roster that um, Uh, I think this is a roster that people who have had certain questions about this team, they say, you know, we've been saying these look like areas of weakness and this looks like an area of weakness. And is the final roster going to address those questions? And I don't think that it did. I think it leaves us. I think <laughs> we were, we're, we're wishing for, you know, right. You know something that would that would reassure us, or you know, a magical a magical soothing blanket to drape over us. And I, there's not such a thing. There, yeah, there's know? there's only one blanket that will help us sleep at night, and it's in the it's in it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a I want to say it's a hard blanket in the shape of a cup, but the, everything about that sounds wrong. Um, yeah. it, the only thing that'll make us feel great at the end of the day is winning the damn thing. Um, mm -hmm taking it home, and, and we shall see how this all goes. Last thing on the roster, credit to Jill Ellis at the very least for coaching this team in such a manner that so much of the roster was obvious by now. Um, you know, having if you followed the men's team, there are innumerous, innumerable situations in which there are huge question marks all across the roster up until the last minute. And the fact that we're talking about essentially three backup slots is uh, pretty solid. That's a pretty pretty much a job well done, at least on some level. Um, although, as Kwame said, questions to be answered. Let's talk about these games. Um, I want to mention uh, just a couple of my favorite moments from these few friendlies. Julie Ertz against South Africa, having the bloodiest lip I have 
ever seen. The, the I think she had to switch jerseys three or four times. Twas out of control. Um, Tobin Heath versus New Zealand, screaming for a penalty in the 66th in a friendly that was surely won. Uh, that shows a competitive spirit that you gotta love and has to. It encouraged me going going into this. And lastly, Carly Lloyd scoring, then not scoring against Mexico, full celebrating, arms spread out, having to be told by Tobin Heath, in fact, that uh, unfortunately the flag was indeed up and there was no goal. Uh, but Carly smiled through it, and that's the sign of a goddamn champion. She is yeah. killing him out there. She's looking great. Kwame, what uh, stood out to you? Where are we at with this team? So... You know, these were three friendlies. Two of them were against teams that are going to be at the World Cup. Um, so it was about as good preparation as we could get. Um, they're perhaps not the strongest uh, uh, participants in the World Cup. And some of them, South Africa in particular, were shorthanded. But, you know, it was a good test. I would say that um, a couple of things stood out to me. My expectation going into these friendlies is that we would see an end to the uh, experimentation. Um, and by experimentation, I mean not so much the starting lineup, but um, people rotating around and, and swapping to different positions that we had seen in the buildup. Yeesh. I yeah, expected I, that this I, would be... I think like, I actually you know, saw Tobin Heath at right back for a second versus Mexico. Am I crazy? Uh, left back, yeah. Yeah, left crazy. back. She was right. at left yeah. back. Yeah, I was expecting that uh, we were going to be pretty um set and boring and have the same starting lineup and people would sub into the sub out and be and be replaced by their their natural backup um and that there would just be a rhythm and predictability and we didn't see that we saw more of what uh, coach ellis has uh been, has been doing all along which is on predictability, as you said, we saw Tobin Heath at left back. We saw Crystal Dunn in one game start off at left back and then go to right back and then go to central midfield. Yeah. Uh, we saw Julie Ertz go from defensive midfield to um, to center back, I think, in all three games. Um, it seemed at times like maybe we shifted into a back three. We saw Ali Long uh come in there are times where it seemed like we we're like in a three four three other times uh a four two four uh we were flexing kind of all over the place um uh it was it was not what i expected it was quite uh, a bit yeah there was quite yeah, a bit going on right and on the one hand um as I said, that was a surprise to me. Uh, on the other hand, I think then if if Coach Ellis's point of view is, I don't know what's going to happen. I want my team to be prepared for anything. Uh, if the worst case scenario happens and I need to play someone out of position, I don't want it to be the first time that they've had to do it. Uh, and so... It, it seems like this has been her plan all along. So that's reassuring in a sense that, okay, this is the plan all along. But at the same time, it's also a little bit kind of like the uh, Ali Krieger being out in the wilderness for two years and then coming in at the last minute. Uh, Julie Ertz 
has a ton of experience playing at center back. That's where she played at the last World Cup and excelled there. Um, so it's not as if it's crazy to put her back there. Many people would say that she's still our best center back. But if you're going to consider doing that in the World Cup, then maybe uh, we might want to have done that before these last kind of three games. Yeah, where it also it also would out. mean that uh, Horan or, or Horan, as I heard it pronounced, um, would, would yeah, end Ian up Dark playing... has his own unique pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> Horan would end yeah. up playing. Uh, you know, a, a solid six has to be the six if that's the case. Uh, I would guess, although I guess I don't know that, but you'd think, I, anyways, my point is that if Ertz is going to play center back, it changes things in the midfield, and you'd want them to be ready for that as well. Right. Um, you would, and and it's hard, it's hard to say, again, we're not in practice, right? So maybe this is something that they're doing all the time in practice, that Julius has been getting Retz at center back for, you know, for years and years, but just Jill Ellis didn't want to didn't want to do it in a game for for her own reasons. Um, this and, and as we've observed before, even though there's all these sort of crazy changes that are happening, the team never really looks lost. They may not look as sharp. They might not um, look found. Uh, they might right, but, but, they, but they're not. They're not lost. So I don't think it's <laughs> the first time the coach is springing them on them. I guess it's also maybe connects with what is also our our philosophy of how we're going to win the game. I think part of the reason that you try to repeat the same lineup and give everyone reps and build into things is that you're trying to really reinforce patterns of play, right? Like that this is how we attack. This is how we break down a defense. This is how we score. Um, and when I, you know, when player X has the ball in this position, player Y makes this run while player Z makes this other run. And that's harder to do if you're pushing people around and and having big turnovers in the lineup. Um, and so it seems like Ellis is saying instead, our our talent and aggressiveness and um, familiarity with each other as players, as as opposed to patterns of play, is how we're going to succeed as a team. Right. So, so in that case, bringing back, you know, Morgan Bryan and Ali Krieger and Ali Long, um, who have years of experience with this team, perhaps fits in with her philosophy and approach. Uh, I th- I think that, unfortunately, if that's going to be the argument and that's our approach, then that then we really have to look at how sharp were we, how effective were we in these games? Um, is the team playing well with this not entirely individualistic philosophy, but seizing kind of individual moments and combinations rather than a set pattern of play? And it didn't seem clear to me that we necessarily looked all that sharp in these in these games no way man Um, i'm with you fully on that there was a lot these the score lines are deceiving here we absolutely mm -hmm. could have given up goals uh especially Mm -hmm. in the first two friendlies um and uh there 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 seemed to be no guarantee that we would win these by more than a one goal margin for most of the time 
for most of the screen time that just occurred. I mean, Carly Lloyd came in and turned a couple of these games around. Looked like she might do the same versus Mexico. Uh, but, you know, there was, there was a lot of waiting around. Uh, I, I love you, Alex Morgan, but there was a lot of Alex Morgan not scoring. You know what I'm saying? Um, Sam Mewis came, came in from, from the midfield and put a couple screamers away. But, you know, they, they're, this wasn't, uh, it wasn't clear-cut chances, right, for a lot of these games. Yeah, these were teams that we were clearly better than, but didn't really, you know, didn't really, um, we weren't constructing great chances. And and people looked, I think, a little, I think people looked a little nervous. I think there were definitely, in the Mexico game in particular, I think there were definitely times where players were more, were worried about getting hurt. And so... Pulling sure. up on 50-50 balls, and and that's yeah. that's understandable. And I, I honestly, if I, I I'm I'm happy that they're doing. Please, that. please uh, do yeah. that. Yeah, there was a there was a brief and terrifying Kelly O'Hara knee moment, um, that that had me shook. But yeah, there were a few there were a few collisions, and Lindsey Horan, uh, you know, Horan took a took a knock. Um, and uh, you know Alex Morgan, uh, you know looked like got up a little wobbly. So there, there were, and you mentioned Julie Ertz getting a bloody lip. She also got a bloody nose against Mexico. So uh, yeah, she right. may need a she may need a transfusion on the plane uh, <laughs> uh, before uh, before heading out. Yeah, but still, you, you, it wasn't as encouraging as we'd like it, you know. And we can understand some pulling out of tackles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you wonder if it's it's if it's uncertainty about patterns of play, as you were saying, and unpredictability with the lineup. Um, and, and who's to really say, you know, Jill Ellis, she's, she's got her magic potion. If she wins the thing, she was right. And if she doesn't, she was hella wrong. But, um, Mm. let's talk a little stock rising, stock falling. Um, we got, we got, we had some winners and some losers, I'd say on an individual basis in this group. Uh, Sam Mewis, who I mentioned stock rising. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Samantha Mewis, Amuses Samantha Mewis stock rising. Uh, she's definitely a player that I've wanted to get more time uh, for a while. Uh, I think I've mentioned that one or two times on this program so far. Uh, but with the um, injury to Lindsay Horan, it's not really clear to me what um, has been affecting Horan. I think one broadcast they said it was a quad, and then they said it was a hip, and then they said it was a glute. Um, maybe we should just go with like the hockey um, lower body injury um, <laughs> designation. It probably is all three. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 who's to know? But I think that um, Mewis definitely uh, stepped in and took advantage. Uh, and she's a really good player uh, and very good at driving at driving at the defense. Uh, in most games, she's going to be the tallest or the second tallest player on the field. She's good with her head. Uh, I think, you know, there are times where if the U.S. needs to score some goals by whipping some crosses in, um, we could do a lot worse than Mewis and um, and Haran and, um, and Carly Lloyd um, to try to get a late goal. Uh, so she had, I think, three, right? She had two goals against South Africa and then a goal against New Zealand uh, and had really strong performances. So I was really glad to see that um, with Ertz 
potentially having to move into the into the sector back line uh that Mewis Haran and Lavelle um midfield or perhaps Crystal Dunn who knows uh could be really strong yeah Rose Lavelle by the way um I get it now you know it's I needed a I needed a few games with this team to fully understand what it was that she's bringing to the table. And she pulls out some magic moments on the dribble and those little slip passes. She's got some sauce, man. She put some sauce on the game. Yeah, she she had a couple of good games. I think her stock was rising. I think the... She's a little bit of a, I think, a streaky player. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that she'll have, you know, several games where she is really on display and you know strong shots from distance and slick passes and and tricky and people aren't sure what to do with her and i'll also say that i was really encouraged by her defensive work uh in these friendlies that's been a question mark i've had and uh, i think her work on this on the right side of midfield defensively this last three games has been has been much stronger um so that was so that was encouraging, um, and so hopefully you know if she's if she's hot in a World Cup, if you can put together a streak of several different games, a la Carly Lloyd. Carly Lloyd, I think, is also who historically I've always thought of as a fairly uh, tricky player uh, and streaky player, um, and so perhaps Lavelle is in some ways, although a different player, uh, a next incarnation of that. So um, stock rising for Lavelle and Mewis. Um, stock neutral in the midfield for Lindsay Horan just because she's had to miss several games and uh, I think I'd be surprised if she's in a position where she can't go a full 90 and they also really expect to have uh, a few games to ease her back into full fitness but I think the team doesn't quite tick without her against a team that's going to go toe-to-toe with us and where we actually need to work to hold possession. Uh, I don't think that there is a player who can replace what Haran does in our midfield if if we're playing a team like Germany or, or France or you know any number I of I feel teams. you, Kwame, and I believe you, but I did not see it. And I, yep. I saw it in the in the previous uh, from the previous episode when we spoke. I was I could see it. It was clear. And in in these three past games Maybe injury, maybe, you know, lack of time. Maybe she's not get, getting a chance to get fully into it. But I didn't see it. Uh, stock falling for me. Yeah. I would say that these are the kind of games where what she does isn't vital, mm. right? Against teams where, you know, they're on the back foot um, a lot. South Africa was interesting. They were They were defensive and they were somewhat bunkered, but they also were really aggressive in stepping to players when they got the ball at their feet Uh, and I think we had a little bit of difficulty with that and that was really a half-strength South African team so um and we didn't we didn't see like we quite knew how to how to handle that uh quite so well Um, but they didn't really have anything to hurt us with because of the players they were missing and so we could just uh push our our back line up and and Abby Dahlkemper could just pick out balls all day yeah get there eventually uh, yeah, so against against the the softer teams, uh, Haran, um, you know, if Mewis uh, and and Ertz and Lavelle are there, we're fine. But uh, but mark my words, uh, later on we'll need her. So mark my words. Uh, who's another one? Who's in, who's another stock rising or falling? 
Well, you know, stock rising Carly Lloyd. I um, knew it. I, I didn't want to say it. I'm all over that. I'm so into that. Always been there with Carly, you know. I'm, I, she's, uh, she's my hero. She's my freaking hero. And she is killing it with a smile. Coming into every game, yeah. changing games. Yeah. I think, and I, I, and I don't mean to be um, pejorative or critical at all, all of Carly Lloyd. Um, I think that there's maybe a little bit of a reverse from what we were just talking about in Lindsay Horan, that Carly Lloyd uh, is an exceptional goal scorer and um, just like, I mean, none of the players on this team have an off button, but she absolutely doesn't have an off button uh, and wants to score and wants to score all the time. And um, with her experience and her, um, and her athleticism against weaker teams, she can feast and she can punish them. And, Mm. Uh, and as we saw, even though we were saying that these are weaker teams, we really struggled, as you pointed out, we kind of struggled to put them away until Carly Lloyd came on the field and was like, what are you guys talking about? This is how you score. You do this, you do this, and boom, you know? So I, I think that that is, um, I think that's definitely, uh, there's a role for her on this team. Sure, yeah. I do wonder about whether she can be that effective against the teams we're going to be playing against the quarterfinals and on, whether she can have that big of an impact. Or that's where, um, rather than her coming on, if Morgan needs to come off or we need to change things up, then maybe a Kristen Press is actually uh, is actually who we want to bring on rather than Carly Lloyd. Hmm. But... But you know you can't That's argue with you can't argue with the goal tally at all, and and a goal scorer is a goal scorer. Although I will say Kristen Press's goal um, Ooh, against uh, against Mexico fire um, emoji over yeah. and over again. She's classy, man. She's got she's got some 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 real. Some real class. Uh, mm-hmm. She's quick, and she she doesn't she doesn't overdo it with with uh, her approach to the game. Very impressive. Yeah. Very. I, yeah. I'm the last one in the universe to realize this. But yeah, man, classy player. Yeah, I think Kristen Press is you know is a little. I mean, it's hard. You've got Tobin Heath, Alex Morgan, and Megan Rapino on the front line, right? It's hard to crack into that. It's hard. Um, you know, it's easy to get overlooked. But what I would say is that if people are listening to this episode, go and look at the the highlights from the friendly against uh, Spain uh, earlier this year, and Kristen Press's um, basically solo goal from uh, midfield. Go look at the highlights um, from the game against Belgium earlier this year, where we scored uh, off a lot of uh, free kicks. Um, look who is. Uh, who was giving the delivery on those on those set pieces it wasn't it was it was Kristen press it wasn't uh, some of the other players you might have thought uh so i think that she's she's really exceptional and uh and a game changer in her own right but also is really versatile and so uh i think sometimes doesn't get the the chance that she should get uh so Kristen press stock rising um stock rising tick 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 you know, hate to be negative. Um, I would say Tobin Heath um, stock fell just a little bit. She just didn't look sharp, particularly in these in these games to me. Um, she is an exceptional player on the ball, um, but she seemed to struggle to take on 
players a little bit. Uh, she didn't seem quite on it as as we've come to expect. And perhaps that's because I expect her to be a 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 every time. And, you know, when she's a 7 out of 10 and, you know, playing out of position at left back, which she probably hasn't played in like four years, I'm like, oh, she didn't have a good game. So uh, perhaps yeah. being nitpicky, which is which I which is my want at times. But, yeah, you, but I think it wasn't the most solid uh, run of running of games that um, that she could have otherwise. Yeah, had. and maybe her stock's falling. Maybe she's just gathering steam, you know, building up to full speed. We shall see. Um, I, she didn't stand out to me one way or the other, and maybe that says uh, not much. Maybe that says a lot. Um, you know, I'm sure when when she is a, a ten, that that she's a big deal to games. And if she's not standing out, maybe that's maybe that's not so good. Um, Kwame, they, that's kind of the lay of the land as far as who's who's rising, who's fallen. But my question is, does that actually change the starting lineup in any way, or are we just are we talking about um, an impermeable starting lineup. You think Jill Ellis is going to mix it up on us? I think that. I think that for the start for the front line, only injury will um, will change that. I mean, uh, yeah, I think only injury will change that. I mean, maybe depending on depending on what Ellis wants to do, whether she wants to kind of save fuel. I mean, maybe we could see uh, a change in the lineup for uh, the second game against Thailand in preparation sure. for Sweden, or, or, or who knows. But that will all be kind of uh, strategic in terms of the physical challenges of the tournament. But but the starting front line is the starting front line. Um, the starting back line is the starting back line with again with the uh, the exception of injury Kelly O'Hara um is as you were saying in the beginning is vital and uh is tough and offers a lot going forward on the right side um but she's coming back from a sort of tricky nagging injury and I don't think anyone would be shocked if we heard like after a week that she had re-aggravated it and, you know, was going to be day-to-day or was or needed some time on the sideline. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the biggest that's the biggest question mark there. Um, but uh, I think Allie Krieger would likely be the person uh, to come in off the bench there, although it could be Emily Sonnet. Um, I'm not sure. For the midfield, I would have said up until these past set of friendlies that it was definitely... The midfield, Julie Ertz, um, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle um, set it in stone. Uh, but Mewis's performance, and I think it's we're not quite sure how healthy Horan is, um, could possibly uh, have uh, Mewis um, uh, supplanting Horan. Uh, again, I don't think that that would be... I don't think that would be... Uh, you know, a catastrophic mistake by any means, but I I don't think she'll do it. I think that I think that the the midfield will be who it, who it is. Um, but I think that hopefully what this means is that Mewis will be um, she'll be quicker to summon Mewis off of the bench than she was in the past. That sure. maybe you know maybe in like the sixty fifth or the seventieth minute, as opposed to kind of like eightieth minute, which right. is 
kind of been the the tendency. Yeah, you uh, got to so say think, yeah. Carly Lloyd and Mewis first off the bench. Um, I, I mean, that would be what I would expect. It would depend. I think um, if if Alex Morgan needed to come out, then yes. If it was some of the other frontline players, if it was Heath or Rapino, then I think. Um, it would probably be Kristen Press. All right. Well, Maybe sorry, sorry Kristen Press. I forgot about you. Yeah. I forgot about you there. Well, we shall see. No more waiting, folks. No more build-up. No more backstory. It's on and popping. It's World Cup time. Join us for it. We're going to see in the group stage, we're going to see the U.S. play Thailand, Chile, and Sweden in uh, no particular order. As I look at the U.S. soccer website, it's hard to understand the dates here. There's some... Uh, there's some color editing that might be worth doing. Love you, U.S. soccer. Love you to death. But this new website design is a little confusing. Um, but join us for those games. We're going to watch them all, and we're going to talk about them all. Don't miss it. Kwame, any last thoughts here before we friggin' go to the cup? Two, two last thoughts. So one is that um, we've been um, trying to uh, put forward other voices about this team, um, trying to prioritize the voices of women talking about this women's team. Um, and so um, there's another uh, podcast that I uh, wanted to mention, um, which is uh, the Throwback Podcast, which is uh, Grant Wall from Sports Illustrated. Oh, now, great shout um, out, Madhu. These are good. Yeah. Now, now, you know, Grant Wall is not a woman, but what he's doing he's not is technically several. A woman. <laughs> um, he's, what he's doing is a several-part series looking at a deep dive into the history of the national team going back actually into the uh to the mid 80s um and how we even got a women's world cup in the first place uh and a lot of interviews with uh, the people who were influential in in the formation of the women's world cup and then how the women's national team was formed. And Clayton, you had asked me in an earlier episode why the U.S. is uh, has been so good for so long and fairly dominant. And I gave an answer that I thought was right. And it turns out it's only part of the story. But there's a it's a whole lot that I did know about the early years of the of the women's team, and my mind was just sort of blown. So, um, so the throwback uh, podcast. Uh, there's three episodes so far. I think there's another one coming um, later this week, and I think it it goes basically from the covering the period from the mid '80s up until the '99 World Cup. It's uh, absolutely fascinating. Nice. Yeah, tune into that, folks. Join us on Twitter at WTP Pod. That's Wilbur Tango Pizza pod uh five stars please folks i love it love it when i remember a friend that i forgot about and i'll name no names here because nobody wants to be that friend but everybody does forget about a friend or two from time to time and uh you know sometimes you then remember that friend on a whim maybe it's thanks to social media maybe it's thanks to uh, a particular burger spot again not naming names but a particular burger spot that reminds you of someone special and you give them a call it's a great experience uh, i also quite like it when my calendar matches my actual life rare occurrence but it does happen sometimes and it really brings a lot of joy to my heart to look back over a week of uh, accurately predicted occurrences. Uh, it's, it's pretty nice. And I like the 
Uh, Trixie, this one's this one's for my for my gearheads out there, my my musician friends. Um, you know, I like the the tricks you can do when mixing, switching from mono to stereo. Almost nobody is going to uh, relate to that, but if you do, switching a little track to mono to tighten up that bass on the sly. Know what I'm saying? Uh, but I don't like any of that stuff as much as I absolutely love the Nats. Let's go, team! Let's go! It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.